Okay, we're live. Hi, everyone. We are Sunflowers and Red Feathers. I'm Christina. And I'm Stephanie. We are two moms living in the before and after of child loss. Join us in this journey as we share our stories of not only loss, but how life after loss can still be full of beauty, love, hope, and joy. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our channel to stay up to date on when we post a new video. Bye. Hello, we are Sunflowers and Red Feathers. Welcome to this episode. I am Stephanie. Hello, and I'm Christina. And tonight we are interviewing a special guest. Her name is Megan Hillica. Uh, her Instagram handle is Cultivated Family. And we recently, she was actually referred to us after we did an interview on a podcast. And um, so she reached out to us and we are going to be interviewing her about what she's been doing after the loss of her daughter. So her daughter, Aria, passed away in 2016. And since then, Megan has been on this journey to turn her grief around. And she does workshops and her own podcasts and has a program to coach uh, other bereaved mothers. So we're very excited to have Megan on our show today. So first off, Megan, to start out, do you want to tell us a little bit about Aria and how she passed away in 2016? Yeah, I sure can. First, I want to say thanks for having me here. I'm excited to chat with you and yeah. talk about Aria and grief and all the things. So, yes, yeah, she died. We're so in, excited to have you here. <laughs> she died in May of 2016. Um, she died suddenly in the night. Um, I was 36 weeks pregnant with our fourth child. She was our third child. So I was almost due for another baby. And she died. It's similar to SIDS, but it was SUDC. So it's called sudden and unexplained death in childhood. And this is when there's no cause of death, no reason. Um, they just die. And I found her in the morning and basically from that point on your world is turned upside down right everything you knew mm -hmm. is just thrown out the window everything you believed about like babies don't die children don't die at least not mine maybe right. other people's do but not mine and yeah really began this journey of learning to live with grief and really um I was diagnosed with PTSD, the trauma from finding her and like that layered on top of the grief that I was living with just really created a space of, I felt so overwhelmed, stressed. My whole body was overwhelmed with stress and grief and trying to keep my other children alive while trying to grieve, trying to love my daughter who was born four weeks after she died. Um, so saying goodbye to one child and hello to another within four weeks. And it was just, just a lot, which I think you, you guys know, you know, yeah. when you lose a child. Yeah. We've actually both had, uh, well, I was 10 weeks pregnant with my second when Mason died and Stephanie became pregnant or found out she was pregnant a couple weeks after her son died. So we definitely can relate not quite so soon, but mm -hmm. yes, we definitely know what you've been through. It's hard. <laughs> it is hard. It yeah. yeah. So we kind of wanted to 
we noticed that you mentioned something about how you've changed um, in your since your grief journeys, how your you as a person has changed, um, and we kind of wanted to talk about that tonight. So, tell us how have you changed in your journey so far? Yes, like everything. <laughs> I think that you can't go through grief. You can't lose your child without completely changing almost everything about yourself. Um, mm -hmm. A different person, and I felt like I was emotionally broken already when Aria died. I had felt very fragile emotionally. And um, I learned with her death that like I was, it felt like I was brought to my knees with my fragility of my emotions. And I also avoided things. I didn't like to have hard conversations. I, there were so many things that I, I was naive. I didn't realize what life could be, what could happen. Um, my husband and I had actually had a conversation just a few months before she died that we have had so much good in our life. We've had, we had a lot of struggles, like harder things, but it felt like we never had anything that was like, that's huge. You know, like that's a big, mm -hmm. and we're like, kind of feels like that's going to happen to us like we're waiting for it and I'm like I don't know why we felt that way just felt like we had not dealt with anything hard we had never dealt with something that was super super hard and then Aria died and I remember looking at pictures you know before of myself before she died and I would be just like crying like I just want to be that person I mm -hmm. want to be that person who I was I want to be that free, like feeling that free joy, that joy, that laughter that just comes out of you. Um, and I kept like, how do I be that person? Is my life over? Is there anything like for me left? Am I, I was 23 when she died. And like, am I done? Is joy possible for me? And I have learned through, it's almost like you, how would you describe it? Like, you know how the what's that thing where you like forge like iron into metal or whatever that thing like it goes through oh. a process mm -hmm. or diamonds into whatever it is refiner <laughs> yeah you know, like you you go through this process like grief forces you to go through this process whether you want to be changed or not and I, so I went through this process of like now I'm walking with grief and learning to walk through grief and really through that, I feel like my emotions have expanded my color wheel of emotions. I know such a depth with emotions of pain, but from mm -hmm. that pain, I also know the such an expansive joy, which I didn't know was possible. I didn't know it was possible for me to experience such pain and also because of that pain to have no such joy. And so, it's really been a learning experience. I've become more compassionate. I've become to understand um, more people's experiences, more people's, like even for me with PTSD and trauma, like I didn't realize how quickly my mental health could be taken away from me. And mm -hmm. I have so much more compassion for that understanding and really like being able to hold space for other people, which I didn't really have that before. I felt like I was 
a lot more selfish, more self-centered, and where now I can see so many things that I couldn't see before. And um, so I guess the biggest thing I, I always say is like, I would give all of the stuff up that I've learned, everything, if I could have Aria back, but I can't. And so who I have become today through doing the work, through grieving, through letting myself grieve and feel and experience the emotions, I, I actually appreciate who I am today a lot more than who I was. Not saying who I was was bad, but I just wouldn't want to go back to who I was. I would, I would like to stay who I am rather than going back to who I was. But of course, I would get rid of it. I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> man, I can relate to so many things that you have said. It's ridiculous. There's so much, so many similarities in people's grief. I think as we've done these interviews, it's like, wow, I had that thought. Wow, I, I can understand that. I can relate to that. And it's crazy hearing another mom who's said so many things that I've felt. So I know that people are going to get something out of this because there's got to be other people who relate just as well as Stephanie and I, Stephanie and I do to you. But what you've done is such an inspiration starting your, your workshops and your programs. Um, I read somewhere on your website that, that they can be a guide for grieving moms um, to help them to feel and ex to get through and experience their emotions and just allow yourself to feel and move through them. So do you want to kind of talk to us about like why you started the workshop and a little bit about what your workshops do for moms? Yes. So I work as a grief coach. I support and guide moms through the grief journey. There's no like step-by-step -step guide per se, like the stages of grief try to say, you know, this is how it should be. But mm -hmm. it's really like how I view the work I do is like a, it's like a framework or like a place for people to start. And that within that framework, everybody grieves in their own way. But what I've noticed with working with people is, so I think you're talking about the stop talking, start feeling workshop in particular, right? Yes. yes. So this workshop, I've noticed through working with moms and talking with a lot of moms that they might go to therapy for years and years and years. They might do all sorts of different things. And they're like, I want to process this. I want to feel it. I don't want to stay quote unquote stuck. And mm -hmm. I don't know what else to do. Nothing seems to help. Nothing seems to be working. And what I've learned is that we have to stop talking at some point. So often we talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and it's like you're talking in circles and you're not getting anywhere because our minds and our bodies are connected. If you think of like talking as like coming from your mind, but then we have to go to the body. If it's not doing anything for your mind, from your mind, like talking is amazing. It's not a bad thing, you know, getting it out and sharing your story. But if you start to notice that you're feeling more stuck and it's not helping you anymore, that's when I would encourage people to, okay, now it's time to start talking. And now it's, now it's time to stop talking and to start feeling, to really going in your body, getting present with the emotions. Um, they can be so uncomfortable to feel. Grief is painful. It's overwhelming. It's like a depth and duration that you never even knew was possible. And it can be really scary. It can be scary to feel those. And so 
I encourage people to begin to feel it, to go into their bodies. It's really like experiencing the sensations. So there's a difference between feeling, say, anger, and you have anger and you're like, oh, but I don't want to feel anger. I don't want to be angry because that might mean I'm an angry person. Does that mean I'm a bad person? So you kind of resist the anger. You're like, maybe if I shove it down, even though I feel the anger, I'm shoving it down and that kind of makes me feel better because I'm resisting the anger. And to me, what I encourage people to do is to not shove that anger down, but to take it out and to hold space for it, to care for it and let it out in a healthy way. Because the more that we shove it down, it will come out at some point and explode. There oh, is yeah. a point where it will not be shoved down anymore. And then you have no choice or control over it. But if you take it out and you care for it, you I mean, we all have had this and I can speak from this because I've also had this. So like, but what I've like, it's so important to take them out and to care for them, even though it's scary. And there's so many layers to this of like, it can feel like, you know, who am I without anger? Who am I without guilt? What, what kind of mom would bury her child and not feel guilt? Like we start to have these thoughts and these questions in our mind of like, I shouldn't, like if I feel like I'm starting to be okay, does that mean I'm not grieving? Mm -hmm. And it's so important to know that you can grieve you can process the emotions and you never have to forget or move on. But to get to a place where grief isn't weighing you down over your head every single day of your life, you have to sit with those emotions. You have to sit with the feelings. And so that's basically what the workshop is. It's a, just a very, it's like a three-part series of a video with talking about emotions, talking about thoughts, and then it dives into specifically guilt and sadness, just because these emotions come up a lot. There's so many other emotions as well, but I just, I couldn't do them all in this workshop. And so we did guilt and sadness and it has like meditations, emotional freedom technique, tapping, just journaling prompts, things that I have used to help moms process the emotions. So it's a way that they can process the emotions in a safe way without feeling like you're gonna go over the cliff and not be able to get yourself back. Wow, that's amazing. I think that's that's super beneficial. I know for me, I'm a chronic stuffer mm -hmm. and it comes out in my health. Um, mm -hmm. Christine and I both have health issues, autoimmune disorders that have popped up since losing our children. And it's definitely, I believe there is a an emotional tie to everything that goes on in our bodies. And as, if we're stuffing those down, they're gonna come out somehow um, mm -hmm. and they can come out in any form and for me, that's my health. Mm -hmm. So I think that's amazing. That's something that we all need to be taught, I think. Yeah, and that's so true. And that's something I talk about often is like, it can come out physically, it can come out emotionally, it can come out mentally. And it not only hurts you, but it hurts the people around you. And so no matter how painful it is, or even like, we think we have other kids, we're busy, we don't have time to sit with this. It's like, even if you don't make time for it, grief will make time for it later, or like it will force you to at some point. So true. So mm -hmm. it's just, and that's the thing, it will all be our own journey to get there. And maybe somebody's not ready to sit with it yet. And that's fine. When you're ready, you're ready and you will know. 
And I, that's who I want to be there for is for the people who are like, I'm ready. Now I know grief isn't going away. I know that this is doing me more harm than good now. And I want to do this hard because it's hard. It's not easy. It is deep, hard work. And mm -hmm. so you have to be in a place of like, I'm ready to do this. And no matter how hard it is, I want to get to that place over there. So I'm going to go through it. So how often do you do these workshops? So this workshop is actually just like a on demand, like you can get it instantly. So it's just all recorded, pre-recorded videos and recorded meditations and EFT. So anybody can join at any time. Oh, wow. that's good. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, can you tell us more about the life after child loss program and coaching? Uh, yes. that's, that's something that you do. And I saw that on your website as well. Yep. So that's the other thing I do. I do this workshop and then I do, I have a program. So it goes through, I created this, like I said, framework or method that is called carrying grief. So it goes through C-A-R-R-Y of the caring part because we never get over grief. We don't move on. We learn how to carry it. And so it's really teaching moms how to get curious that's the first one is the C, getting curious about your thoughts, your emotions, what's going on in your body, um, how you're responding, how you're reacting, how you're numbing, stuffing, whatever you're doing. It just goes through bringing that curiosity up and letting go of judgment and not judging how you're doing, what you're doing, what thoughts are coming up for you. Because I think judgment is one of the, the biggest challenges in grieving in the way that you, you feel is right for yourself. We judge ourselves, we let other people judge us and like guide our decisions by what other people are saying to us. Um, so that got, dives into that. The, the A is awareness, becoming aware of your thoughts, becoming aware of your emotions, all of the things that we try to ignore or hide because they're uncomfortable, but you can't make any changes if you're not aware of it. And mm -hmm. the second or first R is relearning how to feel emotions, how to process them, how to move through them. The second art is releasing any, re letting go of anything that's not serving you anymore. Um, I always tell people like, I don't come in and tell you, you have to let go of this. It's time for you, you know, you are stuck. You need to let go. That's never what I would say. It's more, you look at your own grief, your own life. And you're like, you know what? This is not serving me anymore. This has served me up to this point. This has helped me, but now it's more of a weight than a help. And I'm ready to let go of this. So it helps you walk through processing that and letting go. And within all of these, there's meditations and visualizations and like journal prompts to help you work through that. And then the last one is you. It's all about learning to love yourself. Like we talked about earlier, you change, you become a different person and it's hard mm -hmm. to who am I? Who am I after my child dies? I don't even know who I am anymore. So it's really learning how to love yourself, who you were before grief, who you are now, and who do you want to be um, in your future. So that's like the program of it. And that is something people can join. And then I do group coaching with that. So it's a combination of like, we do coaching together and walk through the workshop, but also like getting on calls with moms and doing coaching within their personal lives as well so that i don't run as often the next one that i'll do is probably like july for the group coaching 
Um, but yeah, so that's kind of a rundown of it. <laughs> My gosh, I don't know how you even, when did you start all this? So I know Aria died in 2016. So how long did it take for you to get to this place where you're like, okay, I want to help people? Yes. Um, I've been doing this for two years. Um, really not necessarily, I've been doing coaching for one year. I've been doing like business, trying to figure out how can I, so it's a different thing to come at it from. I've lived this, I've walked through this. I've come to a place where I feel very stable and comfortable in my grief. I feel very comfortable with my grief. Now, how do I help other people? Like it took me a long time of really searching, really asking so many questions, talking to people to be like, I don't even know how to help people because they just want their child back. Yeah. That's at the base of it. You know, we all just want our child back and we can't fix quote unquote the problem. And so how do you even help people? And I knew that I wanted to help people with their emotions and like more mental health rather than like a lot of people will do products, which is totally fine, like products for remembrance and stuff. But that just wasn't what was calling me. I wanted to help people have more joy, be able to carry their grief and their joy at the same time. And I wanted people to not suffer so much because I could see it all around me and I could see that I had been able to get to a place where I wasn't suffering, that grief wasn't hovering over my head every day, that I missed her. I still miss her. I grieve her. I will grieve her the rest of my life, but it doesn't stop me from having joy. It doesn't stop me from having hope and being excited for my future. And so to get to that place, I had to do my own work. Like I had to do it myself. I had to walk through that, all the stuff, walk through that dark tunnel, really like I spent so many hours <laughs> doing the work myself. And so it's really like now I can, I feel really grounded and that I can be of service to other people because I couldn't, I remember sitting there like just, I want to help people. I'm like, I can't, I don't have the capacity. I don't mm -hmm. have the energy. Like I'm drowning myself. I don't have any space to take care of other people. And now when I've been able to take care of myself, I've been able to take care of my grief. I've been able to hold space for it and get the help that I need. Now I can take that to other people. So it's been a process. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I feel like I need to take your workshop and maybe be part of your group session in July. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're certainly welcome. <laughs> okay, I might take you up on that. Because yeah. I mean, Stephanie and I have the same aspirations. I mean, we we're all about finding hope and being joyful still while grieving, but man, we still, I mean, I still am a stuffer and I have my bad days. And I mean, as much as we want to help people, like we're honestly doing this probably more to just tell our own stories and get what we're feeling off our chest half the time. And we just know that people can relate. So I wouldn't necessarily say we're in a place to help. Well, I'm not in a place that I could really help people more as like, like you do on your level, but yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I would like I can totally relate to that. And I would highly encourage you that if you want to. Eventually you can. Like, I really believe that it's possible and that you can. It's just care for yourself. Take care of what's going on inside of you. And I still do. Like, I still have grief, but I, I have to separate my grief, especially when I'm working with people. When I'm coaching somebody, it's all about them. 
it's not about me it's not about my grief but a lot of people like to work with me because i understand because i know the pain because i know what they're going through but i don't and, it, and when you're in pain it's hard to not make it about you does that make sense oh yeah so like you have to be at a point where you can separate yourself of like this is their story i'm here to help them and has nothing to do with me and i don't put any of my stuff on them but when i'm not working with people i have tools i've learned tools and that's what i teach them and i do them myself it's like i don't teach anything that i don't do and i i use them daily and they help me daily and so well, i know the power of them because i use them <laughs> yeah, speaking from experience yeah, yeah for sure well so during your workshop or any of your experiences with other brave moms is there something like impactful that stands out in your mind that you would like to share about i think what's so i guess there's two things that i've noticed one is that if somebody is in a really heavy place if somebody comes and they're like telling you you know when you cycle through grief I'm sure both of you know this when you're in a really heavy place, nothing can help no matter what anybody says. You're just like, this is wrong. This is bad. This is awful. Everything's falling apart. And what I've learned is I don't try like you could easily start to be like, but look at this, look at this. And I'm like, we don't do that. We you cannot talk somebody out of being in a bad place or quote unquote bad place. I should say heavy place. And um, when I'm working with somebody in the come on call, then I help them process that emotion. So we go in through their body and we do meditations and we really, we do tappings like EFT and we help process that emotion in their body rather than coming from their brain. And that has been super incredible to watch is just like how they process it, how they move through it. And by the end of the call, they're drained, they're wiped because they've processed so much emotion, but they're like, life isn't as bad anymore. Like, it's okay. Like, I'm gonna be okay. Doesn't mean it's amazing and fun yet, but I'm gonna be okay. So for me, I don't know, there's something so beautiful about sitting with somebody in their pain because I know that they have to go through it. And to me, them processing that pain it's a good thing. It's amazing. It's beautiful. And I, I'm so grateful when I can hold that space for somebody to be able to move through that pain. And so, I don't know. I think it, it's also been amazing to me even to see that, it, like, <laughs> like, I know these things help me, but like to give them to other people and they're like, this is amazing. I'm like, this is amazing. I agree. <laughs> like to watch somebody, somebody else. Yes. And yeah. to be like, we did this tapping together. And now you're like, I feel so grounded. I feel like I had so much anxiety, but I let that anxiety come to the surface and kind of come out. And now I'm like grounded now. Now I'm going to be okay. And it's, I just think it's incredible to watch and to give other people those tools. That's really neat. Um, so do you have any advice for um, friends that are sitting with their friends in their grief. So this week I, I've taken three hard calls. So Christine and I co-lead, um, a chapter of the compassionate friends, which is a group, a bereavement group for parents. 
um, and I get the calls. I get the referrals from the hospital, and um, I've I've been struggling this week. This week is um, my son's birthday, and so I've been struggling myself. But I've still had to take these calls, and I've been sitting there just thinking, I have no words for this person other than this sucks. You know, <laughs> all I can do is validate their experiences and their feelings at the moment because I'm struggling at the same time. So. Do you have any suggestions for that friend that is watching this um, or listening and just needs to sit with their friend and be able to help them through their grief as well? Yeah, I would say that be okay with silence. Be okay with not having to say anything. So often people want to fill the silence because they get uncomfortable. They um, like you can say this sucks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this happened to you, but really also like sometimes you just need somebody to hold that space for you and you don't need them to try fill that silence. You're just like, I'm in a really heavy place. And now this person is talking to me and trying to cheer me up. And it's just not like, you don't need that. You just need silence. And then the other thing that I would say, if you start your sentence with at least just stop, don't say, anything. <laughs> Don't say anything with at least because uh, we've heard that one before. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because it's like at least you still have your other kids. Yes. It's like because any of that is trying to fix the quote unquote problem It's trying to fix that your child died and you can't fix that. You can't fix what happened. You can only validate their experience and their feelings and their pain and what they're going through. But when you start trying to fix it, it immediately invalidates everything that they're feeling. You're trying to take away this experience that they're going through and saying, well, try to focus on the positive, try to look at this way. And it's like, that doesn't help. That doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And number one, it is not or whatever, it's not your job to tell somebody who's grieving to do that they can do that themselves. And when they are ready, they can start to do that. But it's not your job to start coming in and telling somebody to, you know, you need to change or you need to do it differently. So just holding space for them, loving them, letting them grieve in their way and really supporting them and letting them know that you're there for them. That's what I would offer. I love that. All right. So. We're going to wrap it up a little bit, but we want to hear um, how people can find you. Let everybody know, yeah. our listeners, how they can find you and to access your workshop and your coaching. Yes. So I know you had tagged Cultivated Family, which is totally fine, but it's not related to my grief anymore. My grief work that I do, it's totally fine. <laughs> I reached okay. out to you through that. So I just switched it over and I, it's hard to focus on so many things. Um, I can't focus on Facebook and Instagram at the same time. So I'm like, I'm just focusing on Facebook. So anyway, okay. I, I have a Facebook group. Um, and then I also have a website. It's called meganhillica.com. And then to get to that workshop, it's stop talking, start feeling.com. So you can get all the information for the stop talking, start feeling workshop there. My website and my podcast is Grieving Moms Podcast. And I mean, that's, I guess, I don't want to give, <laughs> that's about it. So anybody can reach me through any of those avenues. Okay. Yeah, we'll be sure to share that on our blog post and in the description for our YouTube video so people can find you. So I'll get that from you after. But yeah. Great. Well, do you have any 
final comments you'd like to add? I guess just the main thing for somebody who's grieving, whether you're newly grieving or it's been many years, like know that your grief is with you forever. You're going to be walking with it, but it doesn't have to be. So when somebody told me that when I was new in my grief, she was saying that, you know, I've been crying a lot this summer because my daughter it would have been like 10 years. She would have been 10 years old. And so I've been crying a lot and I was like horrified at her because it had been however many years. And I was like, I'm going to be that way in that many years. I was like starting and she saw my face and she's like, no, 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 no. My grief is different than your grief. The pain that you're in right now is not what I have right now. My grief is like when there's spilled milk or you know, something happens. I'm like, okay, that doesn't, it reminds me that that doesn't matter as much. It reminds me that the things that I might get stressed about or angry about don't actually really matter. That's what my grief helps. It helps me ground me and like, be like, okay, what really matters in my life? What do I want in my life? I miss my child. It's not a bad thing. I love them. And it's not that overwhelming, deep, deep grief, but mm -hmm. I just want to encourage you that you will grieve the rest of your life. So it's okay to process the emotions and you're never going to let go of them. And wherever you are in your grief, just be gentle, kind, loving, compassionate, because we're the most judgmental and harsh on ourselves already before grief with grief. It's worse. So just mm -hmm. hold space for yourself. Be kind, be gentle and really get help and reach out for help in the ways that you need. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for being a guest on our show and we'll make sure that people have a way to find you and yeah. No, yeah, well, thank you, you for having me. I appreciate yeah. it. Okay. And thank you everybody for listening and tune in for our next episode here very shortly. And you'll probably be able to, well, I guess if you're listening, this doesn't help you, but we'll <laughs> release later this month. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Thanks for, for being on Megan. Thank you.